Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the Bradley J. Driver Experience, the future number one podcast in the world. It is your host, Bradley J. Driver, and I want to say whether this be the first or one of many times that you're tuning in, thank you so much. It's you guys that keeps this show alive and thriving. We're getting amazing five-star reviews, excellent ratings across podcast app and Spotify. And if you can continue to subscribe and follow to the show, and just share it around with a few friends. We'll continue to grow and inspire more people around the world. And that's the goal. That's the aim. And today's guest is one of the individuals doing that. We're sitting here over Zoom. She's in UK. Um, very early morning there. A little bit later in the evening here. And I'm just absolutely pumped and excited to get behind the mic and share her story. Um, she is a fellow cystic fibrosis warrior. I never say sufferer. She's doing incredible things over in the UK and just sharing that through social around the world. I've recently had the privilege, I should say, maybe in the last six months of following your journey, Sophie, and just getting to see, especially in the last month, the exciting things that are happening over in the Northern Hemisphere and in your life as well. So ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome Sophie Grace Holmes. How are you? Oh, that was a lovely intro. Thank you so much. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Very, very well. Give the, um, give the audience a bit of an intro. So you are, I believe, 29 years of age? Yes, I'm 29 now. Crazy. You, you don't look it. You look incredibly oh. fit, healthy, young. <laughs> and that's one of the amazing things. It's one of the things we all love seeing as CF patients is other people doing really well. And it's almost like that beacon of light and hope that you strive towards. You know, I think anyone who gets to see an individual that's leading the way, um, maintaining their health incredibly well, and showing what's possible with CF. I'm really passionate about that. So talk to us a little bit about where your journey began. You know, I think we all start, you know, in most cases in CF, you're either born healthy or you're not. Um, and then from there, the pieces of the puzzle kind of work themselves out and it takes a lot of hard work, whichever, yeah. whichever way you're born. But give us a little bit of the insight of your earlier days. Yeah, so I was actually born, obviously with cystic fibrosis, but actually 10 weeks early. I was obviously eager to come into this world Definitely. and I wasn't diagnosed till I was four months old because my parents actually had my two sisters early as well. And so the hospital were kind of like, well, you've had pram babies before, so we'll just send you home. You know what you're doing. And obviously the classic signs of CF kept coming in and um, I was not breathing. I was obviously very ill in other areas. Uh, and my parents were like, there is something wrong with her. And, after numerous times going into the hospital, the, the consultants were like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just like prem baby, whatever. And then one day there was a nurse who was caring for me and she um, licked my skin because obviously CF skin is a bit salty. Yeah, definitely. And she was like, she's got CF because she had a daughter with CF. So she'd recognized all the signs. Wow. And she obviously then went and got tested and it got confirmed that obviously I had CF. And for my parents, it obviously was devastating and they were like, oh, it feels like we're bringing up a child to die because she's been told, you know, she won't live past 16 years old. She'll be in hospital. She'll be in oxygen the rest of her life. And that's kind of the way it's going to go. So for them, obviously that's mental and traumatic and I can't even ever imagine what that must be like. But little did they know that, you know, I'm the personality I am, the driven, the determined kind of, grew up a little bit naive to CF, which I think for me was a good thing. Um, 
And do you know what though? Like I believe knowledge is power, but I also believe naivety is more powerful sometimes because my parents basically allowed me to do everything anyone else would do um, in terms of like live my life, be a kid, be a teenager. Obviously I had obviously the medication and the hospital missions and the visits and stuff, but obviously we don't know any difference. So that's how we have grown up. And going through school, I was just very accepting of it. And I was just like, oh, this is just the way I have to live. And I never really questioned it because I was, you know, top of the class in school. I was top of the class in PE. I was in all the sports teams. And I got to a point where I was like, are we sure? Like, I've got this thing called cystic fibrosis because I obviously have had through my teenage years, like extra IVs and things like that. In my head, I was like, but I'm so well and I'm beating all my friends. So I don't really understand like what's going on here. Um, uh, can, I, can I say quickly, our upbringing sound super similar because I was in exactly the same boat. I, ne- I never really faced an issue or a hurdle with CF until I was 18 years of age. Like, well, yeah, me, this is, yeah, it's yeah, very similar because funny, I was so 19. That, I just completely get where you're coming from. So carry on. Well, you, that's all right. Literally, like, I obviously like you know there are times obviously when you're growing up being like oh i have to do this medication before i go out or something but i it didn't really hit the reality of what cf could mean till i was 19 a bit like you and i lost 50 percent lung function in a matter of months i was in hospital for the first time as an overnight stay for a couple of weeks and i just remember it so well because the doctors were running around and they were trying all these different things and nothing was kind of working and nothing was bringing my lung capacity up or anything like that and the doctor actually sat on the end of my bed and was like, so CF has finally caught up with you. Um, and you probably only have a couple of years to live now because this is so dramatic. Um, and your, your health has gone from being really good to really not good. And we can't at this moment in time figure out why or what's going on. So we need you to prepare for that. And I turned around and was like, okay, that's really lovely and everything. And I understand your opinion, but I don't actually have time to be in hospital or die. So I've got stuff to do. So like, it was like, yeah, but you don't understand. I was like, I fully understand what you're saying, but I'm saying is I don't believe you and I don't agree with your diagnosis. And then basically six months later, I went and climbed um, Mount Kilimanjaro out of defiance. And obviously summited that um, and came back and kind of said to him, like, look, you need to like not take away hope from people because obviously at that time, my lung function was still pretty low. And I was working with physiologists and different people to try and figure out how I could improve my lungs. And I did get my lung function back up to over 100%. And it was more the fact that I am still horrified that doctors are allowing to take away the determination from people by simply not allowing time, a little bit more time. Yeah. Because that was very much like I went into hospital for two weeks. After two weeks, he told me that that was it. Well, that's not long enough to kind of show what can be done and actually he then avoided me for years because he knew that every single time I was in the hospital I would want to pin him down and be like what I'm doing is working this could help somebody else yeah yeah Um, it's it's funny because I had that experience before I even knew it um the first doctor my parents ever seen for CF I was maybe nine months old not even and I was at my first clinic appointment and this doctor said to my parents Literally straight up, like like you said, you can imagine parents are freaked out. You read all the literature, you get the information, and it's all doom and gloom. And this doctor told them that your son will be better off with a terminal illness because it will kill him or he'll get over it. This is going to ruin the rest of his life. 
And they literally wow. walked out, never seen that doctor again, and found someone who was just extremely positive and had a completely different perspective. And for so me, is- it's, it's so sad to see that because I think the biggest, you know, and really what I've done the last eight months or the last six months, I should say, with my marathon training, going from like I was, I had bleeding in the lungs in July and I actually had another couple episodes over the weekend. But for me, my, my, I reckon the power behind my CF has always been my mindset, my outlook. And the reason oh, I, I wanted to run the marathon was in July while I was sitting there and I had the blood coming up and I was in hospital. I knew that as soon as I left, I'd get back on, back on track and back to my best. And I thought, I only wish that other kids with CF had that positivity around them and had that within their mindset. And that's why I just wanted to go from the bleeding to the marathon and to get across the finish line. And it's why, yes, like I had a pretty scary episode of bleeding yesterday and ended up in ED and I'm getting treated now for the next two weeks. But for me, it was, this is a real opportunity to show what's possible, to show that if you let it mentally defeat you, it will. Yeah, but if I you have that mindset well. that you have, like opportunities are endless. And I just wish there was less of that negativity in CF. I think this is the thing. And I think I understand why there's a lot of negativity, but I think the power of the mind is phenomenal. And we can literally overcome things by simply changing our mind. And even if the outcome isn't perhaps as like dramatic as say mine was where obviously the things I have done now versus where I was, but it's more the fact that you can still live and still have a great life. Because I think with CF, a lot of people just say, well, I'm going to die anyway. Well, everyone's going to die anyway. So you may as well live big and do the best you can. Because for me, it's, it's about what you do with the years of your life rather than how many years you're here. Because if you can look back and say, I've had the most phenomenal time. I've had amazing experiences and amazing um, conversations with some phenomenal people. And you look back and you have these things to talk about versus doing absolutely nothing because you're living in fear. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest line that I think I've ever heard was from a friend of mine and it stuck with me ever since. Basically he said, it's through the excuses that you make today that will be the regrets that you have at the end of your life. Yeah. So if you're making excuses every single day to not do something or um, using CF as an excuse, for example, which I know that some people have done that I've spoken to in the past, um, you'll regret doing that because it doesn't really matter if you can't do what, say, you and I want to do, but it's more the fact that you could probably do more than you're doing now and actually feel great for that. You know, um, I love the saying, um, what we do in life echoes in eternity from the Gladiator movie. And for me, yeah. I think, I know what you're doing now will echo in eternity for CF. That's what I'm trying to achieve. And I just, yeah, I love to see, for me, the most pleasing, the most pleasing result of this last five months throughout the whole journey. And even more so than I can imagine what it will feel like crossing the line on marathon day is just having families message you. And I had a young guy message me who was in hospital quite ill with an infection that I had the same time last year. And he was like, you know, me and my family are sitting here watching the YouTube videos and watching you prepare for this event. And we've got smiles on our faces now because you were here last year and now you're out there doing that. And it just shows what's possible. And, you know, these kids have every opportunity and I just want, you know, if it's, and it's for the parents too, you know, the parents, you know, my family have been the biggest role models in making sure I have the health that I do today. If it wasn't for them, I'd be in a completely different situation. And so I think if you can affect 
everyone within this community, the patients will just be blessed for all the positivity out there. Well, this is the thing. And I think, you know, where we have social media and the opportunities to give like that, it is so amazing and it is so powerful because as you've said, like people will see what you're doing and be like, if I, if he can do it, then maybe I can too. And that's when they take the first step of their new life or the first step of their future, because it's like, do you know what? I got told my whole life that I wouldn't, I would die at 16. And even at 16, I got told that I wouldn't make 20. So, you know, here I am at 29. Um, Obviously the healthiest of my life thankfully but at the same time it's a down to my a lot of it is down to mindset hard work and basically just trusting yourself a lot because doctors only know so much they obviously are medical and they're great and they can treat you and everything like that but they don't physically know how you actually feel you know how your body works better um and i just think it's like I think the, the opportunities that we have these days are going to be uncapped and they will be limitless. And obviously with this new drug, like it obviously doesn't treat everybody, but there will be something that does. And I just think we now need to be living like we're going to live for a long time because I spoke to somebody about being on Trikafta and she said she's had a breakdown, not because she feels so good, but because she doesn't know what to do with herself knowing now she has a longer life. Yeah, which is a really okay. crazy like kind of way to put a spin on it um because she was like well now what do i do with myself i thought i was gonna die soon and i was okay with that and that's crazy and i was like well now it's your opportunity to do everything that perhaps you haven't tried or you don't want to like i said to her like it's about pushing yourself building a stronger mindset to kind of get uncomfortable like get comfortable with being uncomfortable and like having experiences that potentially could blow your own mind because you're now ha- having a very able body able to do more stuff like I'm very much like I want to go and do that so I'm going to go and do it like for example I'm training for an Ironman and all these all like different kinds of things and I'm just like well yeah I'll just I'll do that I can I in my head I'm like I definitely can do that even if right now I'm not fit enough and I think a lot of sorry go on no go on I love what you said before you said about getting comfortable being uncomfortable and I think for anyone who already follows you and follows your journey, they'll see on social that that is kind of a theme of things. It is very fitness. You do a lot of training. You're training for this Ironman. It's great to see all that. How long has that sort of been your focus on social to share that side of your world and to really project what you're doing out to the CF community? I'd say maybe about five years now. Yeah. So I've been doing um, ultra endurance for about six years. Previous to that, I was a track athlete running 400 meters. So this is obviously a very opposite um, kind of fitness. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so probably about five years. I kind of, what happened was I, maybe it was like four years ago, I was actually in hospital myself and I recorded all that for YouTube and then recorded my bronchoscopy because I had so many people like, worried about it. So I was like, oh, I'll just record mine. Got permission from the doctor, obviously. Yeah. And put it on YouTube because I was like, well, if people see how fun it is, it'll be fine for them. Yeah, like in terms of like they will be less worried about it. So then obviously started sharing all of that and then started doing these really crazy challenges from like paddleboard races from the Bahamas to Florida, um, mountain climbs, 100k ultramarathons, all kinds of crazy things. Um, and actually, what's really lovely about it is the fact that there's people out there with CF who never thought they could even run down the road now running marathons, half marathons, doing much more than they ever imagined that they could do, or just being brave enough to live or 
brave enough to kind of follow their dreams and their careers and stuff like that. Because I think the thing is with the ethos of CF, especially online um, back in the day was you may as well not try. Whereas I'm yeah, very much like, I will try and I will complete and I will, if you say I can't do something, even if I don't want to, I'll do it anyway, just to show you can. Now you have, uh, funnily enough, I, I was saying to you the other day when we spoke over message, I had a message come through on my Instagram probably about two weeks ago. And it was a lady who had seen one of my recent videos about my prep and the training I was doing. And it was talking about CF and how well I was feeling and how much my lungs had improved in that short space of time. And I looked at the name and straight away, I was like, that name's really familiar. And then I looked at her face and I thought, this has got to be Sophie's sister. And your sister yeah. messaged me saying like, it's amazing to see you doing so well with CF. I got a younger sister with CF and she's doing great too. Keep it up. And I thought it's so funny how small the world actually is when you're starting to yeah. connect with yeah, people. Yeah, I know. But from what I can see, she's really fit too. Does that like little bit of competition in the family? Because I know for me, my old boy was always very fit. And he ran yeah. 22 years ago, he ran an ultra for CF. So he'd done 65 or well, 68Ks three days in a row. And so wow. like, I'll come back from a 30K an hour and he'll go, oh, when you do 212 in three days, let me know. And it's just that little <laughs> bit of competition between me and dad that I never get complacent. <laughs> I'm never like, well, I've got CF, 30 is good. It's like, oh, until I do that, I'm never going to not hear the end of it. Yeah, but that's nice because I think it's like actually it will keep pushing you. 100%. And what you're doing is amazing. So don't take, you've got to take credit for that. But you know how much more you can also do. That's the amazing Definitely. thing. Um, so yeah, there is a bit of competitiveness, but she's not actually that competitive. So it's probably me being competitive and then her being like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You're rubbing it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about the last month or well, the last six weeks, I should say, because that's been extremely exciting to see as a CF patient. You know, I've had, I think, I remember my parents telling me stories that when I was born back in 96, doctors said in five years time, we'll have a cure for CF. And, you know, 24 years later, we're still searching. And our ethos was always, well, a cure may never come. But if I'm extremely healthy and I've done everything right, the day it does, well, I'm the best chance of being able to take that on and move into the next stage of my life. And even if it never does, well, I've lived a really healthy life anyways. And that's always been my outlook. But it, you, know, you can't help but get a little bit excited about these new drugs that are entering the market. And it really feels like the last five years we've had mini breakthrough, mini breakthrough, but then something very exciting by the name of Tricafta come to the market or CAF Trio, as it's known in the UK, very recently. And you've had the opportunity to start taking that and you've actually documented yeah. your experience. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Because I think, as you've just said, like, my parents got told the same thing, we'll find a cure or whatever, and it never happened. Um, and obviously with this drug came a lot that, that came along and obviously the NHS Take, took it on from this, like obviously early this year in the summer. And I remember it coming through my front door being like, I'm not going to put any expectations on this medication because I don't know how my body is going to be. I've seen obviously amazing results and I've heard amazing stories and that's incredible. But I don't want to sit there like looking at it being like, well, I'm going to be basically superhuman when I don't know how I'm actually going to feel on it because there's a lot of side effects. Um, and so I sat there and I was like, right, well, I'll take it and just see what happens. Like, I'm not going to put pressure on 
because obviously being on social media, a lot of people were following and they were excited and they wanted to know more. And I was like, I just want to listen to my body and see how I feel rather than like focus on numbers. We've had to look at numbers for the whole of our lives yeah. and focus and worry about what those numbers are. And I was like, for the first time in 29 years, I literally don't have to think about it, hopefully. But I'm not going to for a while just to live my life like any other person would. And so important. Yeah, so I obviously took it and it's like the weirdest thing because you take it and then you're just like, well, now what? Because you just don't know what's going to happen yeah. to you. And it hit me about three, about three hours in, I'd say. Um, I just felt a bit weird and then started coughing a lot and I don't really bring anything up anywhere, but I was just coughing loads. My stomach was gurgling like crazy. Um, and then after 24 hours, that all went away and I don't think I've really coughed since. Wow. So, yeah. So after like... For me, like 24 hours, lots of coughing, clearing my lungs. And then other than like what I would call like the normal human being kind of cough, like wanted to clear your throat, not, but not CF related needing to mm. cough. Um, and I was so lucky because I only actually had side effects for five days. Um, oh, wow. So he headaches, nausea, motion sickness, insomnia. Do you think um, that's because you are so healthy? Yeah. I do believe it's a lot of things like that. Like obviously my body's healthy. I eat really well. Obviously I train hard. I really look after myself. So I think my body probably just took this drug on, accepted it and then adapted very fast because I'm so, so used to being looked after. And obviously it has the best chance. If you do, just said, if you look after yourself, this drug has the best chance of helping you. Definitely. And I think that's an I think, important message. Yeah, and I think these things only work as well as you're willing to work with them. They're not a miracle. They are a miracle, but they're not a cure. They're not kind of like, you know, like my lungs have never felt like this. Like I can't wait for you to have it, to be able to experience what I have when I went for my first run on it. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's like having not, not having CF. Like there's no restriction. And actually the only thing that I'm now suffering with is the fact that my body's condition is now so far behind my lungs. Because obviously yeah. my lungs now work. My body, I now get my body's like, what is going on? Because it's not ever done, had that experience before. So I'm now having to recondition my whole body to catch up with my lungs. So obviously the transition was so fast yeah. in terms of like, I obviously had a 70% lung function and now it's 107 within a month. I only tested it after a month because I wanted to enjoy the feeling rather than worry about the numbers. That's amazing. I've had obviously people test their lung function after a few days and had great results. So it's, you know, it's funny because you, there's a lot of things that you're saying, don't get me wrong, I've not run 100k ultras, but we have, I guess, very similar stats and very similar numbers because I'm quite similar around those 70%. And if I look back at my childhood, it was like those high 90s, mid 90s, always excellent. And I'm really looking forward to And I've always said I'd love to get back to that without anything, but that would definitely help. Tricaptor would definitely help. And just excited for all those amazing things. When you say side effects, you know, one thing that isn't always super common in the CF world is liver disease. Do you have any issues with your liver? No. So I actually just took my, because we've been obviously now in quarantine having to do home blood tests. Yeah. Obviously we're having to have those every, I think it's every three months for the first year. And then it's yearly after that, unless there's a problem. Yeah. And I, it came back absolutely fine. So I've never had liver problems. So I kind of expected it would be okay. But I also yeah. know that Girls, a girl that did message me who had to come off Tricaster due to liver issues said that you would know immediately if Tricaster was causing you problems in terms of your liver because she, I think she, after three days, had to come off it because of her liver. 
And was that due to blood results or was that due to pain or? Due to pain. And then obviously okay. did bloods and then they were like, oh, okay, well, maybe we're going to have to kind of figure this out and see whether maybe you can have less, like a lower dose yeah. for you so that you can still have it, but not obviously have it at the higher rate that most people are kind of like having right yeah. now. So. See, I've had liver disease since I was nine. So that's one of the things I'm interested to see is how it affects my liver. I know it's funny hearing that because when I had all Canby, I had like extreme pain just in my stomach and it was just like felt like someone was it felt like Mike Tyson was just throwing uppercuts at me and I remember like being literally curled on the floor sometimes just trying to stop the pain and I would like to think I've got a pretty good pain tolerance but I just felt like I felt like a five-year-old kid when that was happening and that's why I got off that Um, so I'm interested to see how it plays out but I guess one of the things that they improved with Simdeco was less side effects and I dare say there will be improvements to Tricaphthora over the course of the next few years as well that hopefully relieve some of those side effects. But I think there are so many positives to take from just the good well, yeah. about it so far. There are so many. And I think, you know, for me, I was like, I'm willing to accept some side effects if my body feels better and my body works better. Um, and obviously, like, you know, everybody is different. I've had people say they've had them for months and stuff, but I think it all just comes down to where your starting base is and how your body actually reacts to different medications as well. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Because I think as well, like, I think I had a few people being like, oh, like, we don't think um, we're going to get side effects. I was like, I understand, but also this drug is so potent that you're probably going to get something. Like, don't expect not to have anything because then the expectation is too high versus what could happen like you're they won't last forever but at the same time you know you're taking something that is a gene modifier so you can't expect your body not to kind of react in some capacity that you don't want it to you know what's all a bit confusing and scary buying your first home and getting your first loan approved you see i'm 24 and i bought my first property last year even as an agent at the time there was so much i didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, Head across to ZacharyBidoff.com or find the link in the show notes. Now you may be hearing that and wondering, well, once I've identified the right property, what do I do? If it's a house that you've found, it's important you know the ins and outs of the property. A few issues can quickly add up, leaving you well over budget with a ton of work to do. To ensure that's not the case, it's advised that you seek the professional opinion of a building and pest inspector. Greg and Sharon Flood are the owners of Inspect Wollongong. Their job, to provide you with a building and pest report, identifying the good and the bad in each property, and giving you the necessary advice to move forward. Keen property investors themselves, Greg and Sharon love helping anyone who's keen to get into the market. And it all begins with a home that will stand the test of time. Get in touch with Inspect Wollongong via the contact details in the show notes. While we're on the property train, it's a great opportunity to talk about my next sponsor, If you're looking at purchasing an apartment or selling one, you may be familiar with the idea of a strata report. 
It's the document that outlines all the good, the bad and the ugly within the body corporate's financial plans and all the issues that need to be addressed before you put pen to paper on a sales contract. But how do you organize that and who does it for you? Well, that's where Coastal Strata comes in. They are your go-to service in New South Wales, providing reports, bylaws and renovation approvals. For all their services, head to coastalstrata.com.au or find the link in the show notes. Isn't it really unbelievable to think about that? Like the way that it modifies a gene in the body? Well, yeah, that's terrifying as well. Because like, you're like, for example, I'm not obviously now genetically the same person I was a month ago. It's, it's crazy to think. And these, you can, as quickly as that's happened, if you stop taking the medication, you'd go back to the way you were. I assume yeah. anyway. Well, th- well, that's what you think, right? One thing that really interested me to hear about your experience on it thus far is obviously your lungs feel clearer. You spoke about your energy levels. And do you think that's just a byproduct of, of how, like all those little things, just feeling great, feeling energetic. Do you think that's just a byproduct of your body under less stress? A hundred percent. Because if you think about it, somebody with CF, their body is working at least 50% harder every single day. That's why we have to eat more calories. Our hearts work harder, everything just to simply keep going. So yeah. obviously now that's all been relieved to an extent, you're now left with excess energy. How and obviously because you're feeling yeah definitely sorry how does it affect your body's ability to consume calories have you like have you gone off creon and for anyone who's listening without cf creon is a digestive enzyme that allows you to break down protein and fat so that's your little mini lesson um but have you had to go off any tablets has it changed the way that your routine works um i've reduced my number of creon yeah so i now probably only have one per meal i had four or five before i'm on creon 10,000 as well on the same. A lot of people are on higher dosage than that. But um, yeah, so like literally I probably have one, maybe two with a meal now. So it has definitely changed. Can I ask, do you take, like, would you say you take one equivalent to like consuming six grams of fat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because so I yeah, take, so like, go yeah. On, sorry. No, no, go on. I take about probably 30 creon a day. Like I can eat some serious food. Um, so I take a lot. So I was, I've always been interested as to if that affects it, then how do you judge that? Like, how do you go, okay, I only need this many this time. It kind of changes the algorithm. Yeah. I think it's for me, it's just learning along the way. Yeah. Uh, and obviously once the drug is built up more in your system, things do change as you go along as well. Um, cause I think I've seen recently that some people are now only on track after they've taken away all their other medication cause they don't need it anymore. after like a period of six or seven months where obviously your body's now functioning because it's about the obviously at the like the first month i think is where you see like massive change but obviously the more time you're on it the more changes that happen over time yeah and that's why they obviously say for the first couple of months everything's just going to stay the same you're just gonna obviously watch your crayon intake and obviously we know that if you get that wrong there's obviously adverse side effects to that yeah and so you just monitor that yourself and then over time, depending on what happens to your body, obviously things can be reduced and stuff. Um, so that's amazing. Could you imagine just taking three tablets a day? Yeah, um, versus like, so many. yeah, I know. So it's like, oh, is that it? You're like, it's crazy. Like one of my friends, he was like, oh, I was a bit naughty. He's been on it about a week now. He was like, oh, um, I just went out on Saturday and didn't do my nebulizers because I just thought I would just do that. So I thought, why not? 
for the first time in my life I thought I would just come back and do it later I was like oh god that's mad isn't it like yeah how mindsets change and stuff um and the biggest thing I think people I've had messages from a lot of people because the only problem with trichafter as well is it causes a lot of anxiety and depression okay um and a lot of people have come to me and said that they've put on loads of weight because obviously your body is now working properly so you're gonna whatever you eat you're now gonna absorb yeah definitely so I just obviously said to them, I was like, firstly, obviously you're going to have to adjust your intake. You no longer can eat like you were before. That is just the way it is. Um, But also you may have to start doing exercise and why not when your body actually now works? Like it'll be fun now. That's the thing, right? See, for me, I'll be honest, like I've never had trouble with weight. Like I've always been able to put on weight really easy if I wanted to. I've always been able to stay in relative shape um, if, if I wanted to as well. Like it's, that's been one of the things that CF really hasn't affected for me is that like I can, I eat a lot because I train a lot at the moment, but I've never had a problem. Like if the doctor said to me, put on two kgs this week, I'd be like, okay, if I have to, and you know what I mean? Like it'd come easy. So I would be mm. interested to see how my body would adapt to that. But it's all these yeah, exciting I, things that you get to figure out, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing is I've probably put on maybe five kilos. Yeah. Which I don't mind because I'm now at my weight. I probably should have been my height. Yeah. So that's fine. Also, I'm training loads. So actually it probably helps me. A hundred percent. And do you find that, I know you said you feel stronger. Is, how do you attribute that to something like the positive effects of trichafter? I honestly, I can't even, it's so hard to describe because it's like, it's something's been switched in my body. Like, oh, okay. So I've literally put on muscle, Obviously, I've got stronger. I got so many PBs in the first three or four weeks. Great, it was crazy. Really. Like, even like yes, over the weekend when I had to do my run, I got my fastest um, K split in like maybe 12, 13 years. Yeah, where? And I was like, I haven't seen those numbers in forever because obviously I was suffering a bit like you've said, like a bit of a lung restriction. So when you were training and stuff, it is harder because you can't really even use your airway properly. Yeah, definitely. So obviously now that's gone, I was like, my God, like, this is mad. I wasn't really, really even trying for that. I was just doing the session that got programmed for me. Um, that's crazy, isn't it? What a, what a nice, like, positive side effect. And how good is that going to look on Strava when everyone's now looking? It's all about Strava. You know yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, um, how exciting is it now to set new goals, new plans? Obviously, you've achieved so much. And I actually want to hear a little bit about what you've achieved fitness wise you've done a lot of these challenges we spoke about before where do you next see those big challenges post Ironman and and just in life for the next couple of years well this is the thing so everything's now obviously changed all the goalposts have changed because now obviously I did them I love obviously like I'm passionate about doing them because otherwise I'd never do them let's face it like I've I've pushed myself through things that you know a lot of people would think were the worst idea ever like when I did my 100K, it took 24 hours. I was awake for 46 hours. Hallucinations. You question every single part of your sanity. Yeah. Um, it's a crazy journey, but the happiest moments of my life have always been the hardest, like the struggles and the bits where you, like the reason I love doing these so much is the fact that you really learn about who you are, what you want out of life, your capabilities, and you can take that forward and really create the life that you want to have and that's the amazing thing and I think you know what like 
this year has taught me with obviously being in quarantine for most of it I thrive so much off of being uncomfortable in those situations that I now struggled to not have them so obviously I did a 24-hour bike race um, maybe like three weeks ago um, randomly we managed to get an event in it was great That's um, and it I sat there and I was like my god like this is what I love to do. And this year has shown me more than ever because it's all been taken away. Cause I was obviously supposed to do my Ironman in Austria um, and that never happened. But the exciting thing is I actually did my Ironman from my house. I live on the beach. Uh, I did it from my house. So my turbo trainer on my front lawn, like 842 laps on my front lawn. It was a long day. That's but at the same time in my head, I'm like, well, now I'm on this new drug. Like I could now aim for a time or I could aim to kind of like really achieve big things or even bigger things. Although I've done some amazing things like last September, I rode my, my bike the length of Britain. So it's thousand miles wow. in nine days. So from coast to coast, That's amazing. which is a very long way on a bike. I didn't really, I, my classic me is I get offered a really cool opportunity and I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll do that without really thinking. I'll just accept it just like that and be like, yeah, I can yeah. do that. It's fine. And then I get there and I'm like, right. So what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. this, is gonna be this is like mental but this is amazing and I think sometimes like that's why it's so important to kind of just push yourself way out of your comfort zone to basically see what you can do like I am um, have you heard of um the crossing to CF no I haven't oh you need to go and do it so basically it's the paddleboard race 18 mile it's 18 mile paddleboard race from the Palmas to Florida for CF so they were fundraising for an American yeah. charity um if you Instagram uh, crossing to CF later you'll see it and it's yeah. the most phenomenal event that I think that I would probably ever do in my whole life because obviously there was actually 10 people with CF there but separated out because obviously we can't sit with yeah, each course, other yeah. um but it was amazing because obviously we were connecting like with each other on that way there was uh, about 300 people like joining in on this race um you left the Bahamas at like midnight so it was pitch black in the middle of the ocean traveled across the ocean on your paddleboard following your support boat and then about six hours later you're in the middle of the ocean no land the sun comes up and it's the most incredible thing you're ever going to see and of course yeah there's sharks and there's obviously a lot of wildlife you do see along the way um but when you get to the other side of the beach I think it took me 10 and a half hours all in like wow, it's mental because it is and especially because I don't really paddleboard I didn't really take into consideration that I never paddleboard in the ocean before until I got on my board in the Bahamas yeah and it was a bit too late but lats were just dying. honestly I remember it so well because we had a storm that came in um as we were about to leave the beach and we were like oh no like what's this gonna mean and our captain of our boat were like guys you're doing really well you're an hour in you've done three miles I'm like that's not really gonna keep boost my confidence right now yeah. i'm really tired it's like 1am we're only three miles in out of 80 and there's a storm a thunder and lightning hit the ocean like we are like this is mental um but it's amazing and it's nice because you can do it as a team you don't have to do it solo so obviously you can be like in a team jumping off a bit. yeah and it's just amazing and i never really realized that i could or never knew that i could do that but here we are like do you know what i mean like just simply by saying yes and going to do an amazing opportunity it just shows you how strong you can be and i think that's what i can thank cf for because i'm grateful for the fact it's given me this drive and unique outlook and i wouldn't change it but also it's allowed a lot of other opportunities to come in you know i always say it's 
been sort of my biggest blessing and greatest teacher. I think it builds a level of resilience and character at a young age that not many people experience in a far longer lifetime. You just understand that nothing in life is promised. It's all learned through hard work and that there are definitely going to be challenges along the way in CF. We just experience them a little differently and you've got to overcome challenges in life. And that's why for me, it's, I love what you said about throwing yourself into these events. When I come up with the idea for my marathon, I thought I've got to throw this on social ASAP because then I can't back out. It's that level of oh, accountability. Exactly. When is your marathon? It's on December 12th. So obviously it wasn't ideal that this past weekend has happened because it's, you know, it's in a way, um, the positive I take out of it is I had a bit of a calf injury. So it allows me to heal for the next week or two as I recover with my lungs. But, you know, we've done a lot of leg work. I was doing basically 50 or 60 Ks a week for the last two months. So, you know, my legs are pretty well adapted. I think I'll be okay. I'm surrounded by a great group of mates. It is our town's first official marathon in history. So it's amazing. And CF Australia has endorsed that they're on board and we're excited next year. We're going to roll the event out across the country and I'll go on as an ambassador of CF Australia, which is really exciting. So it's, you know, we've built an amazing platform for this. We have great support behind it from the media, just from everyone in the community and everyone in the CF world here in Australia. So it's really exciting, but I think the most exciting thing for me is just being the journey. Like you just achieve so many little things along the way that you just never, you always knew they were possible, but you just never knew if you'd conquer them yourself. You know, like I never, like I've always liked the idea of running a marathon, but I didn't know if I'd ever do it because I wasn't a runner. I used to be a sprinter as a kid. I used to run hundreds and two hundreds at quite a competitive level, but the idea of like anything more than a K or two Ks, I'd turn my nose up at. And really until 16 weeks ago, I'd never run more than five or six Ks in my life. And I'd only run about three or five Ks in the space of a month before the event. So it was, um, it's definitely been a new experience to go from sort of, we went from a 5K limit to a 25K in the first six weeks and have just built, I guess, a bit of a motor, a bit of an engine, but it just proves what's possible. And it's exactly what you said. No matter what base or starting point you're at, whether it be 100 meters, 5Ks, 20Ks, you can just grow so much from that. You've just got to throw yourself in the deep end and look forward to the challenges. Yeah, and I think it's just realizing that you know you can do more. A lot of it is mindset based, and not every single day you're going to feel motivated to do your training. That's the thing. Like, I don't rely on motivation. I don't really believe in motivation. It's the discipline that gets you to the end goal. And it's the journey along the way. And the the only reason that you stay fully motivated is because you're disciplined enough to do the sessions when you're not feeling it. Because you never, after you've done your session, you're going to feel, even if you're tired, you're going to feel great that you've done it. Therefore, your motivation goes up. Yeah. So it's just about starting. Um, Because I have a lot of people. Sorry, go on. I cut you off there. That's right. I just said, um, as I have a lot of people messaging me, like, oh, you're so motivated all the time. Like, how can I be that? I'm like, I'm not. I'm just disciplined enough to do it. And that Definitely. discipline is learned over a long period of time. Obviously, I think CF has helped because of obviously the regime and the regiments we've had to develop and stuff. Um, but I think people need to kind of just be like, right, this is like the goal I want to achieve. Work backwards. What can I do to achieve that goal? And then go from there. Because I think, you know, you've just got to push yourself out of your comfort zone regularly to be able to build the t- toughness for it. You know, one thing I've said throughout the course of my last few weeks was I think progress is really driven by purpose. 
And that's one thing that I've said to everyone. Like I went through a real lull. I love training growing up. The last couple of years I was pretty, I was always active, but I wasn't necessarily passionately active where I, I looked forward to my training. It was kind of a chore. And to be at this point where up until I'd done my calf last week, I'd not missed a session in 15 weeks, gym or run related. And it's the greatest feeling, but there was never like a doubt in my mind at any point that I wanted to miss a session. And I think when you're working towards something that's a little bit bigger than you, and it's a little bit bigger than anything you've achieved before, there's just this underlying purpose that drives you along the way. So for anyone, whether you have CF or not, I think if you find something that you're working towards, it makes a huge difference. A hundred percent. Goals are everything. Like, and I still believe that you should set goals that are so big that they scare the hell out of you because that changes your behavior in terms of what you're going to do next. And if your behavior doesn't change, then nothing changes and you won't progress forward. So, you know, for you, obviously you've decided off the back of being a bit poorly, I'm going to run a marathon. And now look at you, you're going to be running that marathon in less than a month's time a few weeks time and that is phenomenal it's exciting you know and i think surrounding yourself with people who are in the same headspace yeah circles are everything like i am a firm believer of just adapting and getting rid of people that aren't gonna benefit you i know that sounds a bit harsh but i think having grown up with cf you find out very quickly who is in and who's out and it's so important it is the game changer and it is the key to moving forwards. Like for you, it sounds like you've got an amazing group around you to help you through this marathon and support you, which is what, exactly what you need. And if, could you find people are either givers with energy or they're drainers? Definitely right. And you have to be really mindful of that and have to really kind of watch how you feel after you've seen or spoken to people. Because, you know, we all have times where we go up and down, but predominantly like overall you need to be around people that give you energy. 100%. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've been most blessed with is just an incredible family firstly, but then just a great group of mates and support that are around me. And, you know, I've got a crew that I run with every week, the active boys run club. And it's a bunch of guys and girls actually now that just get together and run. And it's actually a lot of those guys are doing the marathon with me. And for a lot of us, it's our first. That's amazing. To see the group lift and just get excited about it is is one of those things that you just, it's an amazing feeling to watch that inspiration within the crew and everyone's striving towards something. And I guess there is some, I guess there's something nice about knowing when you're 32 Ks in on the day and you're probably struggling that your mates are struggling too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Honestly, whenever I've done these races and I've been like starting to struggle and I look around, I'm like, you all look so calm and collected. And I'm like, but you're not, are you, internally? Everyone has their moments of struggle. Because exactly. I think you're, you're fine as you go through these like, waves of like, oh, I feel great. Oh, I'm a bit tired. Oh, I'm not, like, I've got to like, persuade myself to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And then you go back up again. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you go, you're going to have these battles, but it's the battles at the end of the day that make the journey so worth it. And you crossing that finish line will be phenomenal because you would have gone through this journey of a number of hours, a few, like, I don't know, three or four hours of being up and down and it's an emotional roller coaster but at the end of the day you've started from like obviously being a background of a sprinter to now becoming a marathon runner in a very short space of time which is amazing yeah you know it's funny i've said to everyone i think i don't even know if i can call myself a runner i'm kind of just i've just got mental toughness and i think that's all it takes because i know my hardest runs have been the ones where mentally i doubt myself a little bit 
where I start to tell myself I'm tired. I remember my 30K waking up that morning and it was going to be my longest distance in a little while. And I remember sitting there stretching and just thinking, oh, I just wish I wasn't doing this today. It was windy, raining outside. And you think, oh, of all days, like it had to be today that the weather's terrible and it's still kind of humid and hot too. And I remember opening my phone and seeing that David Goggins had just finished his like 68-hour effort somewhere yeah. in the desert in the US. I was just like, you are such I'm a sick, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I need to go out and get this done. Otherwise, I'll just feel terrible for the rest of the day. This is the thing. It is everything in life, especially to do with training, is mindset-based. And you can either work with your mindset even when you're struggling with it or battle it. And... Absolutely. You know, you kind of, in my head, I'm always like, right, well, this is what's been set out. So I've just got to go and do it. Like the period of time that I would have taken to do that event or that race or that run will pass anyway. So I may as well go and do the run. Like what else am I going to be doing other than sitting thinking I should be going running? So I may as well take action and cut the excuses and go and do. And actually, despite obviously the weather, you probably came back feeling amazing, even if you were tired, because you're like, I've just literally battled the worst weather and done this really long run. You know, and I sit here and I talk about the weather not being great. And I can imagine you're probably thinking this guy lives on the beach in Australia. It can't be that bad. Um, where, quickly, where are you living at the moment? You're over in the UK, but what country? Um, I'm in Essex. So basically I live on the beach as well. I can't complain. But I, to be honest, like it's actually really mild for November. It's actually yesterday was about 17 degrees, which is a bit scary. Wow. Yeah. That is very mild. I remember yeah. being in London... I think it was four years ago or three years ago and it was this time of the year and it was freezing. It was like four degrees, yeah. five degrees. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm only an hour away from London, so I'm not far from London at all, but um, it has had its colder days, yeah. but it has been so warm and I'm a bit annoyed because I'm like, oh, I just want to wear my like winter clothes, but here we are. Yeah. I'm sweating because I'm too hot because I'm trying to wear my winter clothes and it's 17 degrees. That winter fashion, there's something about it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's nice to kind of have a change of season. So you get to yeah. this point, don't you? Getting closer to Christmas and you're like, oh, I want to be able to like wear even my winter training clothes. And now it's like you go outside and it's like, oh, God, no, I'm still running in like leggings and a sports bra because I'm too hot, yeah. which is crazy. I'm not complaining, but equally, I quite like the change of season. Yeah, um, it's refreshing. Well, yeah, especially if you're going out to like your long runs, like the last thing you really want is to be like overheating for the whole run versus... I know Not. exactly what you mean, especially with CF because that hydration is so hard. Yeah. Oh, you know what you're going to enjoy? I'm not salty anymore. Yeah. I, um, okay. I finished a 20K. It was a really hot day about a month ago. I remember looking down at my shoes and I had black Nikes on. And I swear to God, they were nearly white. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like, that's the thing. I, now I literally train, obviously sweat, but I'm not salty at all. Like, none. That's Nothing. crazy. Yeah. What a change, hey? Who knew? Who knew it could be this fun? It's so exciting though. Hey, I want to make sure that everyone listening to this, whether you are a CF patient, whether you're not, there are so many amazing things that you can get from following Sophie on all of her platforms. You've got plenty of stuff up on Insta. You're very prominent on YouTube. You do a lot of live workouts in the lounge room at home. It's great. <laughs> put out a lot of content where can everyone find you where's the best platforms to follow your journey and just um, your last words for everyone too yeah of course um so basically all the platforms are my name so sophie grace home so i'm quite easy to find 
Um, and I guess for anyone out there that are struggling or wanting to make the change, um, just go for it, quite literally. You are limitless as a human being if you decide to simply take one step and you continue to keep, to keep taking steps. Like for me, if you're gonna go and do something, so long as you can keep moving forward, it doesn't matter the speed you're moving, you will get to that at the end and you'll probably achieve much more than you believe you can just by simply going through the journey. Like if you'd said to me 10 years ago, oh, you would have done all this stuff, I probably would have been like, yeah, probably not. But you know, you can achieve so much more when you put your mind to it and you just believe in yourself. And although that can be really difficult, it's just about making the start and having the first step and cutting out the excuses and just taking action every day and building your mindset up every single day. And as we've already said, having the right people around you is the change that you need. Because if you have people that are doubting you or wanting to see you fail, you're gonna adopt their attitudes and their mindsets. If you're looking to upscale your life, you need to have a look at the five people you spend most time with first. And also set goals that do scare you so that you do push yourself. Um, because I know some of the things that I've accepted and some of the things that I'm looking to do in 2021, right now they, they raise my heart rate really high because they're quite scary and they're things I've never done. And, but I'm pretty confident that once I've started the journey of them, that I will get to the end and it will be the most phenomenal thing. And, you know, as I've said already, some of the hardest things have been the most amazing, most happiest moments of my life. Like when we, I went and summited um, Mont Blanc a few years ago and that is the hardest climb I've ever done with like rock climbing, with no ropes, pickaxing your way up mountains and stuff. But when you get to the top, it's like, it's phenomenal and it blows your mind. And I think everybody has the ability to do that. It's just, you have to put yourself out there to do it and commit every day. I love that. Sophie Grace Holmes, you're an absolute inspiration. I've had the pleasure of following you and I hope everyone goes across and does the same. I'm really excited for not just the back end of this year, but for what 2021 and all the future years hold. I think there are some amazing things about to happen in your life. And it's just so good to see you riding the high of Tricafter, but doing as you always do and just putting in the hard work to see you. Thank you so much for coming oh. on. Oh, thank you very much. I look forward to following your journey and your marathon as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Somewhere.